0: Good morning, everybody. Thank you for being with me once again on Sunday morning here at the Digital Cathedral. If this is your first time with us, we wanna give you a special welcome and hope that you find um, what we teach rewarding and something that will help establish your life and bring you to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's our target. I wanna talk to you today about something that if I were to title this teaching, I would probably title it, This Always Works. This always works or it's true every time. Matthew chapter 16 verse 17 reveals a kingdom principle and I'm just going to quote the first part of it because that's what I want you to understand real quick this morning. It says in in Mark chapter 16 verse 17, these signs shall follow those that believe. These signs shall follow those that believe. That's a strong kingdom principle. Signs and manifestations and things that you are desiring to create that we have been studying so uh, intense, intensely and deeply over the last several weeks—they always follow you. They never precede you. You don't chase them. You don't go after them. They follow you. Um, that's just a kingdom principle. Um, Mark Matthew chapter six verse thirty-three. Jesus said, "Seek first the kingdom of God." and all these things will be added to you. The added to you comes as a result of seeking first the kingdom of God. So the added to uh, follows, it does not proceed. You don't add the things and then decide, oh, this looks pretty good, I guess I'll seek the kingdom. No, you seek the kingdom and then these things follow you. And so it is as we create, we come, and uh, we've studied the process, we've studied a little bit the pattern of the Father and the Son as they created, and we found that creation followed certain things that the Father did or that Jesus did. It's a kingdom principle. Romans chapter 2 verse 4 says that it is the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. That's not the way I was taught it in religion. I was taught a religion that if I would repent, which meant ball squall, be sorry, tell God I'll never do it again, that then the goodness of God would be poured out on my life if I continued to keep my life free from sin. That's not what, what scripture says. Again, it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. The repentance follows the goodness of God. We have to learn to get things in right order if we're going to see the result that we desire to see. So what they follow, what what is it that they follow? These signs shall follow those that believe. Seek first the kingdom of God and these things will be added. Uh, The goodness of God leads us to repentance. What, What causes us or what causes these things to follow us? It's always true. You can take this one to the bank. They always follow a change of consciousness. They follow how you perceive yourself. If you perceive yourself as one and you know in your heart that you're seeking the kingdom of God above everything else, <clears throat> then you you know that these things are going to be added. If you have a revelation of the goodness of God, uh, then you know that it creates a change of mind. It's just the pattern that comes from a different level of consciousness. They they all come as a response. They They manifest as a result of. I, I hope you're still with me this morning. And I'm not talking about works. I'm not talking about uh, the sweat of your brow. I'm not talking about labor. I'm talking about levels of a consciousness that you need to understand that you already have and you can possess. Scripture says that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. So the fact is, and this is true every time, there is no higher consciousness that you can be elevated to than the right hand of the Father. The shortcoming has been the perception that we have not lived in that level of consciousness. When I talk about manifestations, signs and creations, I'm talking about the things that you desire. I'm talking about the things that originate in your thought patterns, the things that are in your heart that you would like to have, that would make your life the abundant life that Jesus said you could have, whether it's um, additional income, whether it's the health you want to enjoy. See, those are just outside evidences or signs or creations or manifestations of the internal change that has resulted because of the consciousness that we have now made our consciousness, or, or I hesitate to use the word elevated because um, I used to use that word a lot. We elevate our conscious, come to a higher consciousness. But since I've come to realize there is no higher consciousness that we really have than seated with Christ in heavenly places, I'm talking about awareness of who we are and what we actually possess. I know that we all look for the outward. We all look for the outward. The outward is the thing that we want to see express. We want to see expressed those things that we desire. We want to see the evidences. We want to see the real transformation. But what I'm driving at this morning is that before that ever takes place, the transformation, the creation, takes place first internally, and then the creation follows. The manifestation follows. the 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 sign follows. But first, there is an internal change, a different in, difference in consciousness. I' see if you can just get a picture of this. I'm trying to say this. I'm trying to. I'm. I'm, I'm doing my best to, to to teach and communicate this morning. The internal is pushed to the external, but the internal must take place first, right? These signs follow those that believe. Those that believe what? Those that believe that what they desire to create, those that um, believe that what they consciously would like to have, that those things will actually manifest and take place. So the creation takes place inside. Remember we came through the pattern of thought, imagination, abundance of heart, and words of mouth. That's all internal. The words of mouth do bring it into a frequency, a vibrational level in the planet that the others don't. But basically when you're, when you're using words, you're speaking to yourself, it's an internal change that you're developing in your life. And as a result of the internal, and I, I want you to see this so clearly, as a result of the internal transformation, a change of internal consciousness, that which is within is pushed to that which is without. When we seek first the kingdom, the kingdom is within. So the seeking of the kingdom is an an internal pursuit. It's not something we do outwardly. It's not fasting, praying, reading your Bible more, attending church six times a week, finding where the prophet is and going to try to obtain a word. That's not seeking the kingdom. Seeking the kingdom is bringing the kingdom into a conscious priority of your life and learning the ways of the kingdom, the ways of the kingdom. We're not, we're not chasing acts anymore. We're not chasing the acts of God. We're learning the ways of the father. It says in Psalm 103 that Israel knew the acts of God. Moses knew the ways of God. It's the ways of God that create. It's the ways of God that manifest. So we're at a place in our development here at the Digital Cathedral, and if you've been following me along for any length of time, you know that we are at a place in our development where the spirit of truth is is beginning to perfect those things which concern us. We're starting to get a clear understanding and a clear picture of who we have always been but have been blinded to, most of us by religion, most of us by what we have been taught if you're serious about do, being a creator, then we're gonna have to continue to mature. Maturity is a tough process, I understand that. We're gonna, maturity, I say is a tough process. Actually, I find maturity is a, is a pleasure, it's a joy, because it's, it's coming into a submission. It's coming into a place where you kind of put yourself in neutral gear and allow him to pour into you the revelation and the understanding that you need at that present time to advance yourself, to move yourself into a deeper understanding of what it is that he's doing in your life. So as we mature, there's a truth that we have to come to grips with if we're gonna if we're gonna be a creator. If we're gonna understand and look for the signs and the, the 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 manifestations, the creation to follow us. There's a truth that we're gonna to have to come into and we're gonna to have to accept it and realize it. And the truth is this: the life that we are living. We have created, we've created the life that we're living in. Um, That's why I did this creation series, because if you're not living the life that you wanna live, you are the one that has the ability and the power to change it. And the way that you change it, thoughts, imagination, abundance of heart, words of mouth. Go back and listen to those teachings uh, that I did starting back in, I guess, maybe May of 2021, and I just kept increasing it and building on it all the way up to, this is uh, the last part of October, 2021, and I'm still teaching it and I'll continue to teach it. I believe that you wanna be a creator, so we're gonna have to come to grips that the life that we're living now, for the most part, we have created. And if you don't like the life you're living, if there are things that are going on in my life or things that I'm not enjoying that I would like to enjoy, I take the responsibility as a co-creator with the father to produce what he has already said belongs to me. All of the promises in him are yes and amen. That means every time you see a promise in scripture that gives you a right to create it. He's already, he said, I have already created this in the six days of creation. I've created it in the invisible. I've created in, in a spirit realm. Now I have put flesh on you, a spirit, and I have given you the ability and the right to create now, to bring that from the unseen to the seen. I had somebody challenge me about that and said, are you really creating if he's already created it? And I see the point, but I think you are creating because you are making something evident that was never evident before. You're making something visible that was not visible before. So there is a co-creating. I want you to understand that. It's not that we make something from nothing. That's that's how he creates. I'm not I'm not at that level of a creator. I'm not at the level of a creator where I create something out of nothing. I can't hang a star in the sky. I can't make another uh, moon orbit around the sun or another planet around the sun. That's that's not my that's above my pay grade. But everything I am comes out of the source of I am that I am. I am in his likeness, I'm his image. He's empowered me, given me authority and ability to create as I am. So yes, I am a creator. I am bringing that from the invisible to the visible, from the unseen to the seen. I'm making something that did not appear before, appear through the process of learning how to be a creator. This is good stuff, it's powerful stuff. And it comes, a big step in this is is taking responsibility for your life. Nobody wants to take responsibility. One of the things I do here at the Digital Cathedral is to help you to see you as the father sees you. He sees you perfect. He sees you as a beloved son. Once you understand it, once you know that, then you can take responsibility for the life you've created without judgment, without condemnation, without guilt, without feeling that you failed. We have we have the tendency because we don't want condemnation, we don't want guilt, we don't want this sense of failure. We have a tendency to blame other people for the life that we live. And we will continue to see blame other people until we see ourselves as the cause. If you went to college, it's because you created that in your life. If you didn't go to college, it's because you made the choice and the decision. It's not because you didn't have the mental ability. You said, I don't have the money, or uh, See so you didn't nobody helped you with this. Nobody taught you to, the things that we're learning at the digital cathedral that you can have in life what you desire to have. That's what the abundant life is. Do you think God would withhold any good thing from his son? I wouldn't withhold any good thing from my children if I had the ability to give it to them. and He has had the ability to give us everything that pertains to life and godliness, and he has. So not just a process of you and I learning how to cooperate with him, how to cooperate with the I am that I am, that I might fulfill all that I am. The prodigal son, for example, he created his life in the pig pen. And by elevating his consciousness, he created his life back at home with the father. He, he got himself back. Excuse me. He got himself back to where he needed to be. He could have blamed his older brother. He could have blamed, and he probably did internally. That's why he left, maybe his older brother. He didn't like the perfection of his older brother. He didn't like that his older brother was outshining him. So he rebelled. He created the rebellion. He can't blame his brother. And the older brother created a life of jealousy, of envy, of unforgiveness. No, he can't blame that on anybody. He created it. It started as a thought. Then it grew into his imagination. And the more he thought about it, the more he detested that younger brother. And finally, he spoke the words out of his mouth, didn't he? He, Time after time, he would blame the younger brother for the life that he was living, the jealousy. It wasn't his fault. No, it was that younger brother. And the father created the love and the inclusion for both of his son's equality. The father created that. The father didn't judge, the father didn't punish, The father didn't demand repentance. That's the the life he created. So when we look at the prodigal son, we look at the older brother, we look at the father, they all created a life based on operating out of different levels of consciousness. And as they operated out of those levels of consciousness, what they created, listen, what they created followed them. The, the, The prodigal didn't first go back home and then decide, I'm gonna go back home. No, he thought that first. He he recreated, reshuffled. That's why I'm saying if you're living the life, maybe that you would like to be different, create it different. You have the ability to go back and redo. And Nothing it says you cannot redo. There, there, you know, there are times that I feel like I stumble, I go back and redo. Sometimes at the end of the day, I will go back. This might sound crazy. If I feel like I've really failed in a day or haven't accomplished what I want to do. I'll lay in bed at night and I will go back at the start of the day and I will recreate the day the way that I I, I wanted it. And what that does for me, it it does something internally. It raises my consciousness to know that when I get up in the morning, I can create the day that I want it to be. And it'll go that way. Sometimes I get up, I'm pressed in schedule, pressed in time, I've got a lot lot of demands and I forget to create the day that I want it to be created. And so at the end of the day, I look back and I say, man, I wish those things hadn't happened. Whose fault is it? My, it's my responsibility. And it, it's not a blame, it's not a guilt, it's not a condemnation, it's a level of consciousness that helps us to understand that we really can live the life we want. Now, Jesus gave us a big key to creating a life that is strong, that is solid, that that is not subject to circumstances. And he told us how to create a life where what we desire will follow us. And let me just say this again, everything follows you. It does not precede you. The life that you want will follow the level of consciousness and perception that you have built into your mentality, into the life that you desire. Now, Jesus gave us a really strong key here. And I wanna, I wanna look at this for just a minute out of Luke chapter six. And I've taught this a couple different ways, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna teach it just a little bit different this morning. Uh, in Luke chapter 6 verse 47 Jesus said this whoever comes to me and hears my saying and does them whosoever comes to me and hears my saying and does them I will show you what he's like so here's what's gonna follow when you hear the sayings of Jesus and you do the sayings of Jesus here's what will follow here's what you will create here's what you will produce Jesus isn't gonna produce it you're gonna create it verse 48 verse 49 verse 48 he is like a he is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock and when the floods arose storms beat vehemently against the house it could not be shaken for it was founded on the rock what was the rock the rock was hearing and doing the sayings of Jesus right that's your choice you create that if you want to then he says in verse 49 but he who hears and does nothing is like a man this is what he decides he's going to create his choice he hears, but he does nothing. He makes a choice not to do anything. His call, his choice, he can't, he can't blame anybody but himself. He built a house on the earth without a foundation against which the stream beat, same circumstances, beat vehemently and immediately it fell and the ruin of the house or the ruin of the life was great. So which life do you wanna create, right? It's about conforming our life to the pattern of his life jesus created the life that he lived you know how he did it he did it by having a consciousness of i am the seven i am's that jesus declared about himself he said let me just hit you the seven jesus said i am the bread of life i am the light of the world i am the door i am the good shepherd i am the resurrection and the life i am the way the truth and the life i am the true vine he didn't say i'm trying to be he didn't say, I'm hoping and a praying that one day I'll be these things. He made the bold, solid declaration. These are the sayings of Jesus. These are the sayings of Jesus. So if you want to create what he's talking about in Luke chapter six, verses 47, 48 and 49, he said, he who hears my sayings, I am the good shepherd. I am the bread of life. He who hears these sayings and let's, him be those in your life, then you will build a strong life. You will build a life that's built on a foundation. You will, you will see what follows will be the desires that you really want in your life. This is, Jesus said, this is how it works. The solid life, the strong life, the productive life, the abundant life follows taking what he said and adapting those to your life. And you adapt them to your life by opening your consciousness and let him be the good shepherd to you. Let him be the bread of life. Let him be the vine. You're the branch, you bear fruit together. It's equal production, it's co-creating. Let him be the everything that he declared himself to be. Let it be for you as well. You keep these in your heart by grace before you ever see them outwardly, right? What 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 is this? What's he talking about here? He's very simply talking about a change in level of consciousness to where you're not trying to be the bread of life for yourself. You're letting him be that for you. And as he is that for you, you become it yourself. As you ponder it, you meditate it, you become it yourself. All right, follow me now. This is going to get a little bit deep. If you are as he is, then what he declares he is, you can say I am. If you are as he is, then when he declares an I am, you can declare an I am. G, whatever Jesus says about himself, you can say about yourself. Now in context, he's showing us the manifestation of what you create. Now I read verses uh, 47, 48 and 49. Let me back it up to verse 43, four and five and, and Here you're going to see in context what Jesus is trying to say down in verse 47, 48, and 49. He says in verse 43, for a good tree. Remember, I've taught you that when scripture talks about trees, it's talking metaphorically, symbolically about a life or people. For for a good person, a good life does not bear bad fruit, nor does a, a bad life, a bad tree bear good fruit, right? You're going to bear what you're conscious of. You're gonna bear what you perceive in your in your, in your your life. Every tree is known by its own fruit. And then he says in verse 45, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart, that heart that grows. I, I've taught and I've taught and I've taught. We gotta get the good treasure. A good man out of the good treasure of heart brings forth good and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Then he goes on into verse 47, 8, and 9 and says, here's what you need to speak. Here's what you need to need to say. You need to begin to say, I am the light of the world. See, I, whatever, Jesus, whatever Jesus says he, I am too, you can also, because you are as he is, you can say, I am. I mean, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Then he turns around and looks at you and says, You're the light of the world. You are you are the salt of the earth. You are the leaven in the whole lump. Consciousness and perception weigh heavily on the ability to create or to bring from the unseen to the seen. You will never be different until you change your level of consciousness. I'm telling you that right now. You will never be the same. Your level of consciousness not only affects you, but it affects a wide level of people. I wanna take you back to the Old Testament and. And, and uh, let's look at a story that we're familiar with from Numbers chapter 13. Genesis, Leviticus, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, uh, and Numbers here. Numbers chapter 13. Genesis, Leviticus, Exodus, not. Here we go, Genesis, Exodus, oh, we got it. We got it right here. <laughs> Gen- Numbers chapter 13, let me read verses 27. This is about when Moses sent the spies out. Remember he sent one out from every tribe, a leader from every tribe? And they went out and they spied out the promised land. It says in verse in verse uh, twenty seven, <clears throat> they came back and they told Moses and said, "We went to the land where you sent us, and man, this land flows with milk and honey. It is a good land, and this is the fruit. Remember, it took two guys to to bring back the stalk of grapes. Um, it, 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 this is the fruit. But verse twenty eight. Now here comes here comes their consciousness. Nevertheless. The people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified, very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites. The people in the mountains, the Canaanites, dwell by the sea along the banks of the Jordan. In other words, man, all these ites made them uptight. And they've said, there's there's no possible way we're going to do this. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are able to overcome it. Different consciousness, different level of creation here. One says, we cannot do this. There's giants in the land. There's too many obstacles. That was their perception. Caleb's perception was entirely different. But the men who had gone up with him said, we're not able to go up against this people for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report. You know what a bad report is? A bad report is a report that is contrary to what God said belongs to you. When he says every promise is yes and amen, when he says I've given you everything that pertains to life and godliness, and you say something contrary to that, my friend, that's a bad report. That's not what you wanna create. Then it says in verse 33, there we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, they came from giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. That's their their perception. And so we were in their sight. Now, let me just stop right there. That consciousness spread to the people. And it seems like negativity, a, a consciousness of negativity affects people faster than what God said. So we got two, two conflicting reports going on. We got one that comes from Caleb, says the land is great. The land flows of milk and honey, look at the fruit. We can do this, we can take it. And then the others created a collective consciousness because they were in the majority. A collective consciousness says, no, we can't. So the people in chapter 14, verse one, all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried and the people wept that night. This is their level of consciousness that they they created this. They put this this on themselves. They, they cannot blame the Amalekites, the Jebusites, the Hittites for making them uptight. It was their creation. Verse two, and all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, if only we had died in the land of Egypt, if only we didn't have this new mindset, if only you weren't pushing us. Verse three, why has the Lord brought us out of the land to fall by the sword? that our wives and children should become victims. Were it not better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let us select a leader and return back to Egypt. The the, the consciousness of, of the 11 spies created a negativity, right? Or 10 spies created a, a negativity that everybody latched onto. So much, there's so much in those verses about perception. There's so much in those verses about how it affects you moving forward to create out of the uh, invisible, the visible. Now at this point, the land being theirs was invisible. The others had possession of it, but God had already said it was theirs. So all God was trying to do was to give them a thought, send them into the land to build their imagination bring back the fruit, let that grow in their heart of man. Look look at what God has given us. Look what God has promised. Look at the provision that he has already already provided with. And then for their mouth to say, let's go do this thing. We can take this thing. All the promises really are in him, yes and amen. Now let me back up to that 13th chapter, just the first two verses, and I want you to see this. And the Lord spoke to Moses and said, "'Send men out to spy the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel, from each tribe of their fathers, thou shalt send a man, everyone a leader among them." What's, what's God telling Moses? The land is already yours. What is God telling us today? He's telling us that everything that he has created belongs to us. He's put it all within our hands. Now, does that mean there won't be some ites in the land? Of course there are ites in the land. Does that mean you'll never face opposition? Of course you will. Did Jesus say just because you hear and do his sayings that the winds won't blow, the water won't rise? He never said, he never promised you would not face obstacles in the creative process. But they refused it. They perceived themselves small. They perceived themselves powerless. They perceived themselves to have no ability to create what God said belonged to them. All of us face giants. Come on, guys come on, that try to make us believe that we cannot have in the visible what God has promised us and created for us in the unseen. We all face the giant, I have no money. The giant, I'm too old. The giant, I'm not educated. The giant, I have no experience. The giant, I've never done this before. The giant, what will people's? I mean, the, the land is full of giants. But once, and once you see yourself as a grasshopper, Once that's your mentality, once that's your consciousness, you'll never accept your identity as divinity. That takes a total revamp. You'll see everything that you encounter is bigger than you. Everything you encounter is stronger than you. Everything that you encounter better equipped. And so you abort the creation. Yeah, you have the idea. Let's go take the land. But then when the giants show up, you say, no, no. And we just saw in in chapter 14, the first four verses, how that mentality expands to all the people. See, we need to revalue ourselves as sons. I'm challenging you this morning. We need to revalue ourselves. We need to begin to look at ourselves differently. In Romans chapter eight and, and verse 37, Let me me read it. If you haven't underlined this verse in your Bible, I'm going to go over there. I want you to go over there because I want you to read this out of your own Bible. You've heard it a million times, but I want you to revalue yourself this morning. If we're going to create, then we need to have a different value system of how we perceive ourselves and the level of consciousness that we have. Look what it says. Yet in all these things, all these giants... That, possess, that try to make us think we can't have the land. In all these things, we are more than conquerors, not just a conqueror, we're more than a conqueror. That means you've got more than enough through him who loved us. That's the co-creating, that's the union, that's the togetherness. It all comes together through him that loved us because he loved us that it makes it, it ours altogether. We need to revalue <clears throat> if you don't, If you don't think you can, you can't. What is it? Henry Ford said the guy that thinks he can and the guy that thinks he can't are both right. So in this story back in numbers, they were both right. Caleb was right and the other guys were right. They came back with an evil report. Both they could they could have whichever one they wanted. We have to take responsibility. We need to revalue ourselves. You are not a grasshopper. You are not a grasshopper. You are not insignificant. You are not ill-equipped. You are not in a place where God has not already enabled you. He has already given you everything that pertains to whatever you're gonna need in life, and he has already supplied you with everything that you need for godliness. You have no excuse. We really don't. And he says you're more than a conqueror. Look what it says in in Philippians chapter four. Philippians chapter four. Here's how you revalue yourself. This is how you change your consciousness. Philippians chapter four, verse 13. How many times have you heard this? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Do you really believe, is that your consciousness? Or have you put yourself within a box and limited parameters on the things that you can do through Christ who strengthens you? What, 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 measure, what measure have you put on the strength of Christ in your, in your perception, in your own mind? What level of strength have you, have you put on Christ? because whatever you perceive it, whatever you're conscious of, that's the level it will operate on one. We are the ones to create. We are to be the ones that set the collective consciousness, not not the spies that are going around right now out of religion that are given a negative report. His I am is your I am. Again, he said he is the light of the world. He turns around, looks at you and says, you're the light of the world. Whatever he says about himself, you can say about yourself. And that's exactly what's going on right now in this powerful planetary move that is taking place, this awakening that is going on spiritually all over the world. We're coming out of this stupor. We're coming out of this ignorance that has prevailed over the people of God for so long. Listen to me, look me in the eye this morning. I wanna I want shoot you straight about something. It's just as easy to possess a consciousness of being a giant as it is being a grasshopper. Which one are you going to take this morning? The world is what it is because of the level of our present consciousness. We are the consciousness setters of the world. Now, this isn't hard. It's just, it's simple. But we create by the consciousness of our life in the world in which we live. It's not, this is not rocket science, this is a simple truth, and yet it's hard to grasp because it de- destroys all this idea of separateness, of trying to get God to come do something for us, of praying and begging and God, God come bless us, come act for us. God said, I'm taking my, look, you guys need to grow up, God's saying, I have empowered you, I have, Jesus before he left said, all authority's been given to me in heaven and in earth, I'm giving you the authority, now you go. If you have all authority, if Jesus said all authority has been given to him and he now gives it to you, what authority does that leave for any other force in the land? Zero. Zero. Jesus is not here as a greater power trying to defeat a lesser power in your life. That's what religion has made it. We fight the devil. We fight a lesser power. We try to invoke a greater power. to to defeat a lesser power. And while that battle goes on, we have a level of consciousness that inhibits us and prohibits us from creating the desires of our heart. And so we begin to think that they're totally unattainable. Before you manifest as a son, before we can transform the world, before this lump of leaven fully leavens the lump, we have got to know and we have got to exercise our I amness as a extension of I am that I am, and I cannot emphasize that enough. That's our consciousness of, 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 of oneness, of awareness. Jesus said this in John chapter 14. I usually read the 20th verse, but today I'm gonna read the 19th verse with, with it. Watch this, John chapter 14 and verse 19. Jesus said a little while longer and the world will see me no more. World doesn't see this stuff. The world doesn't seem, but you will see me because I live, you'll live also. The life that you're living is his life. His life is your life. It It was imperative for him to leave so that his life could fully become our life. And after he says that a little while, the world won't see me, but you'll see me because I live, you live. At that day, you'll know that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Therefore, he just said, I am in the Father. Therefore, you can confess, I am in the Father. I am in Christ. Christ is in me. The Father is in me. All right. Now, let me just stretch you a little bit. Let me stretch a little bit. I'm going to start bringing this down to the home stretch slowly. I'm not ready to land a plane yet. I'm just going to stretch you. Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice, I will come into him and sup with him, fellowship with him, and he with me. Now, I don't do this often, but let me speak metaphorically. Can I do that? Let me speak symbolically. Let me just take take that verse out of Revelation where Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice, I will come into him, sup with him, and he with me. Let me, let me just draw some parallels. The eye that is knocking at the door is what you desire to create and the door is your consciousness when you open the door of your consciousness and let the desire that you have to create that is knocking that thing that you desire the, the 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 one item that you really have got your mindset on that you want to create that's how you that's how you allow it in you open the door of your consciousness behold i stand at the door the the the, the, the desire to create the creation is standing at at your consciousness and it's knocking. And when you open your consciousness, it comes in and it fellowships with you and it grows with you. He said it would come in, it will sup you, it, it'll, it, but you slam the door shut if you feel like you're a grasshopper. The desire to create will knock at the door and you'll so want it. But because you perceive yourself as unable, as being ill-equipped, not educated, not enough money, so many giants in the land, it slams the door. Grasshoppers never create. Grasshoppers never really accomplish much of anything. So to rise in consciousness is to take that door and to throw it wide open and invite the, the desire that you have to create whatever it is. Invite it to come in and sup. Invite it to come in and fellowship. That's that's the work of the imagination. Now, that's what goes on when, when you're supping, you're fellowshipping. The imagination is growing and it's building it. To, to ponder or meditate the vision. That's why, Jesus, that's why Jesus often went out and withdrew himself from everybody. There were things knocking at the consciousness of Jesus that he knew he had to fulfill. So he threw his consciousness wide open to it and he, he went off by himself. Now, let me say something. Spirit of God dropped something in, in my heart this week that I never really considered before. Cause there are times that I, I, I do a lot of meditating. I, I'll be honest with you, most of what I get, I get just cause I ponder and I think, I stew over it. I'm kind of like a mother hen, I brood over it. Um, but the Spirit of God spoke to me something this week that I thought was very powerful. He said, the time that you spend in solitude with the Father is not time that you spend alone. In fact, he said, you're never alone. It's impossible for you to be by yourself. He's always with you. So." when you go off to meditate and you just think, man, I'm all by myself. And that's sometimes when the greatest doubts come in. He said, the time that you spend in solitude with the father is not time that you spend spend alone. Now listen to me, listen to me closely. Listen to me very carefully. Jesus, as you and me, found that everything was impossible to him as a man. Everything was impossible. But having discovered the father to be one with him, having Discovered that the father is always with him even in those times of solitude See, that's that's why great revelation comes in solitude It's not that it's not that your human brain has figured all this out It's because the father that lives in you that is one with you is free now You're not watching Fox News. You're not watching sports. Those are my two nemesis. He now has a freedom to rise up and begin to show because you're you're consciously fixed on just you and him. You're not by yourself. It's not you coming up with this stuff. It's him coming up within you with the truth. Jesus as a man found that he could do nothing of himself, but having discovered the Father to be one with him, you know what Jesus did? He left behind the human man, Jesus consciousness. And he arose in consciousness to what he desired at any given time, whether it was multiplying five loaves, two fish, finding a coin in a fish's mouth, opening blind eyes. He created all those things, not out of a Jesus human mind consciousness, but out of a Christ consciousness. And he stood with it until he was one with it And what he desired and became one with, he manifested it. It's called the Christ consciousness. Jesus, the man, the human man, Jesus was fully human, fully divine, called the hypostatic union, merged into one. And can I just tell you, you are fully spirit, you are fully divine nature, those two are in one. And so you leave behind your Don consciousness, or your Bill, or your Mary, or your Sue consciousness, and you take on the Christ consciousness, which is full identity as divinity. And Jesus told us about that mind consciousness in um, Philippians chapter two, I think it's verse eight, eight and nine. Paul said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ divine, Jesus the man, who being in the form of man, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Now, he goes on to tell us what that equality with God should produce, which is servanthood of all. But I want you to see something. Jesus dropped the human mindset, took upon him the Christ consciousness, which deemed him equal with God. Now, if if Jesus deemed himself that, right? Again, you're not source, you're not the I am that I am, but people can can be equal and still have distinction. If you play on a baseball team, Everybody's an equal member, but there is distinction between the pitcher, the first baseman, and the catcher. There's even distinction amongst abilities, right? There, There can be distinction in union. There can be distinction in equality. See, equality, scripture says, is not a thing that you can easily grasp, but it's how our consciousness has got to become. As a son, Jesus made himself on a par That was equal. Does that mean he was a father? No, he said, Father in me is greater than me. He said, The Father's in me, he doeth the works. And that's that's my consciousness. But the Father and I are one. I have a divine nature. See, I can only assure you that the day you become one, you'll become fully convinced of that of that union that you have with the Father. The desire will move in you and the invisible become visible. What you don't see will become the scene. Does that mean it's gonna appear just like that? No, but inside of you, it's as good as done. And what's as good as done inside will begin to be pushed to the outside and it will manifest. You know how it manifests? One of two ways. You'll either be led to it or it will be led to you. Both happened in the life of Jesus. See, it's a natural happening. It's just a natural being. When a man is hungry, When a man is hungry, he naturally desires food. When a man is in prison, he naturally desires to be free. So when you're in a position that you're you're broke or you're not happy, your life's not fulfilled, you will naturally desire the thing that will set you free, that will bring the fulfillment. And when it does, as it it does, you will see it, right? It will begin to manifest. It'll come out out of that unity. Let me let me say this. Let me see if I can just make this crystal clear. Your desire contains within it the ability to manifest. The thing that you desire to create has the seed within it to be produced. So leave all of your judgment out of the picture, all of the I can't do it. I'm not able. I don't have the money. Take that out of the picture and just rise in your awareness. Rise in your acceptance to the level of acknowledging that desire as being fully yours. Feel it as being done, feel it as happening. See, that's the grace of God. Grace of God is always sufficient and his strength is always perfect, even in our weakness. So let me just leave you with this. I'm gonna wrap it up a little little bit early, about five minutes ahead of time. I got about 40, I'm about 45 minutes into this. The one that began something within you, that began the creative process in you, the one that dropped the thought in your mind, the one that helped you to build the imagination, the one that has filled your heart overflowing, the one that has inspired your utterance, the one that started all of that would be the same one that completes it and finishes it. I'll tell you, it's a good work. It's a good life. And God has laid out before us how we can bring it to the level that we would like it. Hope you receive something out of this today. Thank you for being with me. Thank you for your support, your prayers, your love. Always make sure that you come over to The, to the Secret Place on Wednesday night, because we talk about things in The Secret Place we don't talk about Sunday Morning Digital Cathedral. Secret Place is kind of like Las Vegas. What happens at The Secret Place stays at The Secret Place. That's why I only do it on a private channel. I do it over at Don Keithley Ministries Facebook page. If you're not a member there, Come on over and check it out. Also, let me just remind you of two books that I've written that might help you if you're not aware of it. One is called Hell's Illusion and the other is called Religion Busters. Hell's Illusion takes on this this idea of eternal conscious torment that has wreaked so much fear and havoc in the lives of people and we totally take it apart. We dismantle it scripturally. We look at every verse in the New Testament where the word hell is used. Um, If you've been under that fear or know people that have, this might be a good book to give somebody. Religion Busters, I take on a a, a lot of nonsense that we were taught in church that just ain't so, that helps to free our mind and get get the static out of our life so that we can become the creators that God desires us to be. Both are available on Amazon. Both are way underpriced based on the size of the book and the pages that are in there. I try to make it as readily available as I can to everybody. So if you want to just go over to Amazon, punch in Don Keithley, or go to Amazon and uh, just write in Hell's Illusion or Religion Busters, uh, or you can go to my website, which has the direct link to get the books through Amazon. They deliver within a couple of days. Again, thank you for being with me. God bless you. I love all of you. I value this time. I don't take it for granted that you're here with me. I take it seriously. And I believe that God has supernaturally put us together in this journey so that together we can make a difference in this world. We can raise a a level of consciousness to where we can create, and this becomes a pillar and a foundation of the grace message. We'll see you next time at the Digital Cathedral, Sunday morning, 10 a.m. Don't miss it.